Good morning, Jefferson Avenue. It's excited to be uh, able to share a message from God's Word with you today. I'm trying to make sure this other secondary mic I've got on is on. That's great. Uh, Jacob, appreciate you leading singing. Um, I, honestly, I, as a Vanderbilt fan, I appreciate that you did not lead Rocky Top uh, this morning. Uh, I was half expecting it. Uh, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about good news through the life of John the Baptist. And if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, uh, where we just read a few moments ago, that's where we're going to be uh, looking at initially. Uh, but as I was thinking of this lesson, I was trying to think of a time where uh, our country would have celebrated good news together all conclusively and from my childhood i i can't remember they've been in things certain areas may have celebrated but uh as a country i couldn't think of anything that i can remember of everybody just you know all happy about uh maybe growing up you know last year atlanta winning the world series i remember that vividly as a kid when they won it in the 90s uh about that uh, so I was trying to think back to a time, and of course I was thinking of uh, World War II, and I was thinking 1945, uh, you had victory in Europe happen uh, in May, and then in September you had victory in Japan take place, and uh, MacArthur, when he was uh, broadcasting uh, the signing of this, uh, I guess, formal agreement, uh, he made that statement, today the guns are silent, a great tragedy has ended, a great victory has been won. And as I was thinking about this, I was trying to think of what it would have been like uh, at that time to hear that news. Now, of course, I was not there. I, I was trying to think of who I could ask to see what that was like. And, and Doug Fowler told me that Rick Gilbert was at least 30 uh, when this happened. So he would have been a great person uh, to ask. And so I'll have to follow up with him later on that. Uh, but I can only imagine uh, for myself. But I was thinking uh, during that time, uh, imagine that, you know, you were... Uh, one of the men that were on their way to engage in battle. Didn't know if it was going to still happen when you got there. You were, you were going there. Imagine hearing that you no longer had to go uh, into battle. Maybe you were uh, a wife who haven't heard from her husband in a while. You don't know what's happened to them. But you, you've heard that it's over. you heard that uh, they're coming home. Imagine you're the, uh, the sister or the brother of somebody who's in a POW camp and you've, you've heard that the war is over. And you're just elated that they're going to be released from that and able to come home and be a part of the family again. Uh, just imagine what it would have been like that to have lost a loved one in that war and to hear that it's over and to know that that sacrifice is painful, but it wasn't made in vain. I can only imagine as a country what it had been like to celebrate good news on a day like that. I'm sure it just went around the countryside. People were just celebrating and how exuberant it was. And uh, probably just a taste, maybe if you're a Vols fan of yesterday, what it would have been like countrywide for something like that to take place. Uh, I want you to imagine for a moment then what's the best news you could imagine being given because I think you know as a, as a country that would have been it uh, during those times uh, but right now I want you to think about that maybe it's that you're uh, expecting you're going to have a baby maybe uh, it's hey you're going to have twins uh, and, and maybe it's even more than that maybe you're going to have a million dollars that can help you afford to have those twins uh, you know I'm not I'm not sure what it would be for you but I'm sure everybody has in their mind right now some kind of good news they would love to hear about maybe a health situation they're facing, maybe a health situation that somebody else is facing. 
Let's keep that question in mind as we look at John the Baptist uh, in Luke chapter 1. I appreciate that being read uh, earlier. This is on page 855 in the Black Bibles uh, in front of you. you. Want to pull one of those black books out? It's on page 855. Uh, Zechariah uh, was on duty uh, in one of those first verses. Uh, he's uh, the chances for him to getting to serve and offer incense. We read that. It, it's important to remember this would have been possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity. When he drew lots, I mean, this was an amazing thing for him to get to take part in. Uh, it would have been an awesome experience. Uh, let's read through a few of those verses uh, to begin with. 8 through 17, it says, When it was his duty, he was serving as priest before God, and he was chosen. Uh, and, and look down in verse 11, it says, uh, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And he will bring a great joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord." And he's in verse 17, it says, And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient uh, to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So what an experience, not just the once in a lifetime, possibly opportunity to get to go in and to offer, but to, to have an angel to come into your presence and to give you a message directly from God. Uh, but when I was thinking about this, I think one of the things... Uh, in our heads, we might know that God hears our prayers. But man, I think part of that good news that we're talking about today, Zechariah, is, is an angel tells him, hey, God has heard your prayer. Would everybody in here not like a message from an angel that said, hey, God heard your prayer that you made? And not only did he hear it, he's going to fulfill it. Uh, and you're going to name this child that's born to you, you're going to name him John. Now, this is a surprise to him and probably going to be a surprise to his wife. It, in the verses preceding this, it says they are old uh, and that uh, she is barren. They haven't been able to have children. So I'm not sure when he made this prayer. I don't know if he was still making this prayer or this was a prayer he made years ago and just gave up on God answering and had quit making it years since. But he's told by this angel, your prayer has been heard. And your prayer is going to be fulfilled. And I can only imagine the excitement John was feeling right there. He probably just disbelieved because later we found out he, just, he, he was just in such disbelief that uh, the angel silenced him uh, until the, the birth of his son. And so he wasn't even able to go and vocally share this good news with his wife. Uh, he wasn't even able to share that with her with his own voice. Uh, but you know, she, she, I'm sure he was able to sign it and tell her what was going to happen uh, in that message. So, but the good news, I think, for him doesn't just stop about his prayers being answered and the fact that he was going to get to be a father. Uh, the good news was what his son was going to be about. His son was given a direct mission from God uh, that he was going to go in the spirit of Elijah, that he was going to go before the people. He was going to turn their hearts back to God. He was going to prepare the way for the Lord. He had some specific things that he was going to follow as far as uh, maybe dietary, but he was going to be somebody that did just bring joy and happiness to, to Zechariah and his wife. But he was going to cause other people to rejoice over the work he was doing for the Lord, over their relationship with the Lord being turned back and being strengthened. John the Baptist uh, was going to be a bearer of good news. And I think it's just so amazing that his parents got to be the first part of hearing this because what you're hearing is not just, hey, your, your son is going to have a mission from God, but it's also that the Messiah is coming. 
your son is going to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. That's the first, I guess, maybe an inkling that the good news is about to take place, that the Son of God is coming, is told to Zechariah when he's offering that incense to tell him, hey, your son is going to prepare the way. Uh, he's going to make these people ready for the coming of the Lord. And so uh, it's just an amazing thing uh, of good news that takes place for Zechariah. You're going to have a son. Your prayer is answered. And hey, by the way, the Messiah is coming, the one that you are hoping for, the one that all the nation is probably hoping for. Uh, your son is going to announce the way. So just turn two or three pages over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 3, uh, 858. Uh, you're going to see what this message of good news that Zechariah received turned into. You're going to see the message of good news he received is now turning into somebody uh, who proclaims the good news. Uh, now John, you know, there hasn't been a lot of recorded uh, prophecies going on and voices of the prophets for you know centuries uh, at this point and so he came resembling the spirit of Elijah uh, and many people uh, came to him he came preaching this baptism of repentance uh, and we're going to look at verse 18 and then we're going to jump back because I wanted us to get in mind what what John introduces here Uh, but John he goes on and he introduces Jesus as the Lamb of God and told people to trust in him and one of my favorite things about John is that John was willing to make Jesus great, greater than themselves at all times. In fact, he, he knew that he was going to fade in the background, and he purposely you know, chose to do that. He, he wanted Jesus to be, he was just a bridegroom, and he was just preparing the way for the real celebration of when Jesus came. Uh, but in Luke uh, 3, verse 18, it says, So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. Now, when I read that, uh, I'm thinking, okay, so what John says before this is good news. And it's to be interpreted as, hey, this is part of the good news that, that John is proclaiming about uh, Jesus and what he's saying that is going to happen. And, and whatever we can read this, we can look at this word and realize when it talks about uh, preaching, that's, and per, or maybe yours version says proclaim, it's where we get the word evangelize. Uh, but what we're about to read right now is what is John says, uh, is good news. Uh, in verse 7, it said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, he said, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with another one who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Do not exhort money from anyone by threat or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. Uh, and, and as people were filled with expectations, they were asking questions in their heart. They were thinking, Hey, is this the, is this the one that might be coming? Is this Messiah? And John answered to them, saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm un, not even worthy to untie. Uh, his sandals, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the, his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And again, so with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to his people. 
Think about some of the things that were mentioned in there, especially those first two verses when I think he's going to proclaim some more good news. His good news starts off, you are a brood of vipers uh, who warns you to flee before the wrath to come. And he goes, goes into saying your ancestry is not going to save you. He then says there's an axe laid at the, fruit of every, at, the, at the foot of every tree and it's going to be chopped down and cast in a fire if it doesn't bear uh, the good fruit that I'm looking for. You know, when you hear that and you think, John is to be proclaiming good news. That doesn't sound like good news. In fact, uh, maybe your first reaction might kick in. Uh, maybe the uh, the princess bride quote uh, that Inigo Montoya makes of you keep using that word and I don't think you know what it means. Uh, maybe that's what's your mind when you're thinking, I don't think he knows what good news is. Uh, because, John, this doesn't sound like good news. To, you should be continued to proclaiming. But in fact, it carries lots of good news. I, I, I'm sure it doesn't sound like good news in a culture that thinks that uh, repentance uh, is something that is necessary, uh, to repent of wrongdoing, to turn back uh, from those. It doesn't sound great, but man, John's message is so full of good news that he's sharing right here. And, and we're going to dive into why. Uh, to me, one of the, the best things is when you're reading this is when he's talking about repentance is, man, that's good news. For the people that are broods of vipers that he's mentioning, they have an opportunity to repent. He says, repent. You know, the, the opportunity is still there. God loves you. God wants you to repent. God wants you to turn back from him. So even though he may see you as a serpent right now, even though John sees them as serpents, he said, God still wants you to repent. He still wants you to come back to him. For the, the soldiers who were taking money by force from people, for the tax collectors who were stealing from people, saying they owed this when they didn't, and, and profiting from that money, he says, you can still repent. You can still repent. You can come back to God. That's the great news is, yes, you've sinned, and you, you've sinned terribly, and, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to tell you that you can repent. And so I, I can read this, and sometimes I can see where people might think, John is coming off harsh, but... Man, John's proclaiming some good news to these people that they're not cut off from God if they don't want to be. That they can repent and come back to him and, and that God is ready uh, for them. And John is there to help make that happen. Uh, but I think even in that good news, I think we can recognize John is, again, he's announcing uh, that the Messiah is coming, that he's not even worthy to, to take his sandals off of him but that he's coming and that he's going to give them this spirit that they desperately need. A spirit that's going to dwell in their hearts. It's going to make it possible for them to be pleasing to God in a way that uh, following the law to the exact letter never uh, could. But be sure to recognize that, man, John is claiming some amazing good news uh, to these people. If, if it didn't matter what sin that you could have been caught up in uh, in this moment, if you were listening to John and you were willing to respond, God was willing to receive you. I mean, that's a message of good news. And it's a message that uh, Jesus uh, continued on to, to exhort and to carry on. And, but we're going to keep looking with John. Uh, if you've got your Bibles turned uh, in those little back books, it's uh, page 816. In your Bibles, it's in Matthew chapter 11. John was waking up the hearts of the people to receive what Jesus was about to come and share with them about the news of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, and said, uh, Jesus even says in his ministry that I came, I came to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, and I've got to go to each city because this is my purpose. I can't stay in one, I've got to go to the others. They need, they need to hear the proclamation of good news concerning the kingdom of God. 
Well, John is all about and has been proclaiming the good news. And part of this good news, as we just said, is the, is the need for repentance, that it had to happen. Uh, and so that is necessary. And so John does this in, in great or small people, I guess, of the day and the time. And uh, in Matthew chapter 11, we find John, the bearer of the good news, the one who turns the heart of people uh, in Israel back to God. We find him in prison. We find him in prison because when he proclaimed that everybody needed to repent, there was somebody who was powerful by the name of Herod who didn't like that message. Much like a lot of people may not like hearing the message that, hey, you've sinned. Hey, you need to repent. Hey, you need to come back to God. Hey, you know better than to do what displeases God. You need to stop doing this. Well, Herod didn't like, do, didn't like hearing this. He was told by John that he shouldn't have the wife of his brother Philip, and so he had John uh, cast into prison. And so John's in prison for proclaiming the good news that he was to proclaim, and he hears about Jesus' ministry taking place, and, so, and he's already encountered Jesus at this point. But uh, you can imagine, John at this moment, he, from birth, he knew what he was called to do, and he had been doing it. He'd been doing it so well, uh, he was in prison for doing it. And you can imagine John is kind of questioning things right now. Like, hey, I've been, I've been doing my God-given responsibility, my from birth chosen profession of what I was going to be doing. Why am I in prison? And in Matthew chapter 11, it says, Now when John had heard in prison the work of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, or and said unto Jesus, Art thou the one that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which, you, which uh, you hear and you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who ever shall not be offended in me. John sitting in prison possibly wondering if this was part of the plan, maybe doubting a little bit of, hey, what's going on here? And I think John gets the message delivered to him of the good news, that Jesus really is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that you came and prepared the way for. John, uh, I think when John hears this message, it's not just an affirmation of, John, you've been doing it right. What you were called to do, you did it. Uh, John, what you have been proclaiming is true. John, you have fulfilled your life mission. You did what your parents told you was going to, that your parents told you that you were going to do. You've done what God is pleased with. John, don't doubt in Jesus. He really is who you've been proclaiming that he is uh, to the world. He is worth sitting in prison right now. And if you know John's future, John's going to be put to death. Uh, he's going to be beheaded uh, for, once again, he pro- proclaiming the good news and people not liking to hear it, uh, just like the Savior he was there proclaiming was going to suffer. And I can imagine, you know, for John hearing this, it, it wasn't just that, hey, Jesus is fulfilling this role, is, is maybe what we all long to hear when this journey on life is over. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I love what Jesus says about John the Baptist. It's probably why he's one of my favorite characters. He says, of those born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Um, You know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe this is a a silly aspect of of me when I read this, but I can't help if John the Baptist heard that quote. Imagine the Son of God said, of those born of women, there's none greater than John the Baptist. If I was John the Baptist, I'd be like, eat that, Moses. Like, I'm better than you. 
uh, you know, Elijah, all these prophets, like, I'm better than you, and Jesus, the Son of God, said so. Uh, man, I, if they told that to John, I, I'm sure John, even in prison, would have been like, well, that's good news. Like, that's, that's, that's awesome to hear. But to have that faith affirmed for John is something I feel like maybe we all need at some point in time in our lives. To hear that good news again, that yes, the Jesus that you serve is real. He's very worth proclaiming. He's very worth being put in prison for to continue to proclaim. He is doing all the things, and for John's day, he's doing all the things that the Messiah was proclaimed that he was going to come and do. People are being healed. People are, there's miracles taking place. People are being raised from the dead. He is the Son of God. Man, that's, that was good news for John to hear. Good news that was going to carry him forward, probably all the way up until his death. That would have been good news he would have held on to. And that's the good news that we need to hang on to as we're facing, maybe not as tough a situation as John, but as we face the situations of life, man, that good news is worthy to cling to. Uh, it's worthy uh, to, to have in our hearts and minds. And, and what I've about John is John's news, throughout, even before his birth, uh, even before his con- conception, John's news was all about Jesus. From his birth, it was, hey, you're coming to prepare the way uh, for the Messiah. In his ministry, it was all about the Messiah. From what he heard and what he would have interpreted as good news, it was all about Jesus. John's news was all about Jesus. And so, you know, what I want to challenge, I guess an easy inference here is for me to think like, hey, John's news is all about Jesus. Is my news all about Jesus? If I was to have a historian chart back and look at all the good news parts of my life, would it be like John's where it was all centered around Jesus uh, and what I was willing to proclaim and, and do in the ministry I led for him? And I know for me, I've got a lot of area to improve to make that true. Uh, but man, John's news, uh, it was all about Jesus. Uh, and so I want to challenge you to think, is that for me? But for others in the New Testament, I think you see that being the same case for them. They had moments in their life where all the news that they were going to be talking about was all about Jesus. Those who were healed by him, those who were freed from demons, those who were raised from the dead. Man, the good news they would share about what Jesus had done in their lives would have been all they would have talked about. So much so you would have been tired of hearing about it uh, probably from them. But they made it, some people even made it so difficult for Jesus to walk in the villages because they had told so many people about what he had done for them. People wanted to come and see for themselves. Our mission at JA is hopefully to be a group of people who have that same drive, who have that same uh, focus that uh, we're just like uh, these people that all of our information is about Jesus, that uh, when people interact with us, that's what they hear. They want to come here to hear more. They want to come to the body of Christ and to hear more about how great Jesus is, uh, not just because they've heard it from one person, because now they're interested in it for themselves. They are interested in the good news that we have been proclaiming. The apostles in the early church, they made it uh, their mission. Acts 20, verses 24, it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Acts 8.12, it says, But when uh, they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Uh, and we think about this good news of Jesus in the kingdom. It's still the same good news of the day. Repentance is required. 
Hey, there's sin in our lives, there's sin uh, in this world, and the great news is, is there is forgiveness that's available. The great news is, is that you can repent from those and that God is willing to receive you if you form a relationship with His Son. That's good news. And, and, and I'm sure there comes a way where we need to make sure we package that right, not just that, hey, you're a sinner, but it, it, and it's, that is the, maybe that's the truth of the situation. Uh, but it's, hey, you are a sinner, but hey, that's, that is not a sentence that you have to keep. The good news is that God made a plan for you to come back to Him, and He made it uh, through Jesus. And He wants you to repent. He wants you to come back to Him. There's, for the people that were called vipers uh, and snakes, for the people that were taking money from people, for the people, all kinds of sinners that John and Jesus would have interacted with, the love of God was just as much with them as it was with the people who recognized Him. They may not have accepted it. They may not have been living in it. They may not have cherished it. But God's love was there. And He was ready for them to take Him up on it. He wanted them to take Him up on it. And so as we think about the good news that Jefferson Avenue has the opportunity to share, man, it's so much good news. Uh, God loves you. Jesus can save you. Your sins can be forgiven. Hope can be found. You can be a part of a family. There is peace in Jesus. Repentance is possible. The good news is not freedom from hardship and loss. It's not a prosperity gospel. It's the news of a Redeemer who has come to save you from sin. He has come to rescue me uh, from myself. He has come to rescue you from your own sin. You have got a lot of good news to share. I've got a lot of good news to share. I don't know which one of these people in your life need to hear. For different points in my life, for different points in other people's life, it could be any one of those. Maybe they are feeling lonely in life. Man, to tell them that God is with them, and not only that, but there is a family of believers who want them to be their brother or sister in Christ, and they're going to love them that way. And that may be powerfully good news for them to hear. For those who have wandered away from the gospel and wandered away from the church and just don't know if they feel like they are welcomed back or that they can come back, man, the good news for them is you're not too far gone. The good news for them is your father is going to forgive you and your brothers and sisters are going to forgive you and they're going to welcome you back with open arms. Some people desperately need that good news told to them. Uh, whispered to them in some way, shown to them in some loving action that we can do as their church family. We've got a lot of good news. I don't know if, you are on, if you've been on Facebook or social media or just if you think about your own life at this moment, but man, there was a lot of energy. We were at uh, Rick's house last night for devotional. Some of us were sitting outside and, uh, and we knew when the game was over. Uh, because that house was erupting uh, with uh, joy, with celebration, except for BJ and the Sullivan family who are Alabama fans. Uh, you might pray for them this week as they mourn. But, uh, and for the rest of you, that, that may not be that way. But, uh, but man, it was such like awesome sounds. And, and I keep thinking, man, I wish every Sunday the sounds like that were heard by people who were walking by our building, or walking by or driving by the church, that there was a sound of celebration taking place in here that they were heard and just intrigued by. They moved them to come and see, what are they celebrating about? 
Maybe it's a brother or sister who's come home after being away from God. Maybe it's somebody who's ready to, to, to begin a relationship with Jesus. They've heard about the good news of what he's done for them, and they're ready to act on it. And they hear our celebration taking place in here because of that. But I think not just at this building, I think the people in our lives, they need to see a people who are celebrating the good news uh, at all times. And I think really what's moving is that even in terrible moments of their lives, these people are still celebrating the good news of Jesus. It doesn't seem like it hampers the joy that they have in their hearts. It just it, it seems like they're able to celebrate through that. That's the kind of good news we have. It's not going to be dampened in by the things that we face in this life that are terrible, sickness or loss or you know any hardships that we face, but our good news is always good news and can never be darkened by the bad news of this world. And that's the kind of good news our world needs, and it's the kind of good news that I want to do better about sharing and, and making obvious to the people in my life. And, and I want to encourage you to maybe think about doing the same. And so uh, when you think about what is the best news you've ever shared, uh, when uh, before we had Hazel, uh, Sarah and I were married for a number of years, and it took a while for us to uh, get pregnant. We had gone to doctors, and they, by all means... We should be able to get pregnant. It just wasn't happening. And so we questioned, man, what's God's purpose in this? Like, why, why is this happening? Is he just not, are we going to be bad parents? Is that, is that the deal? We, we were just so kind of, you know, just, I guess, maybe slightly repressed by what was happening. But the day came where we uh, found out we were expecting and, um, and we were going to tell my parents. And, man, my parents made it super hard to tell them. We were like, hey, we want to have uh, breakfast with you. And they were like, well, we got stuff we need to do. But I'm like, no, we really want to have breakfast with you. Like, y'all need to be there. And it was so hard to not tell them, like, the reason we want to get together is, but they finally came, and uh, we got together. And even now, thinking about getting to tell them and showing that ultrasound, man, we were just, you know, buzzing with injury because that has been something they were praying for. Not just us, but they were. And so when we finally told them, I mean, tears were being shed. Uh, my dad, who's really good at picking up on stuff, already had a gift for us. And just like, uh, he was excited. But uh, man, it was such an awesome time. And every time we've gotten to announce uh, our kids uh, or announce that we're expecting, it's just been this awesome uh, opportunity. I would love for that buzz and excitement that I felt then to always be the buzz and excitement in my heart when I tell people about Jesus. I always want the buzz and excitement that maybe you connect with, maybe with the Tennessee game uh, last night. Maybe it's something else that you remember that you were so excited about sharing. You know, it was just electrifying. I want to harness that kind of spirit like John had, like the spirit of Elijah, ready and willing to proclaim what God was doing. I, I want to have that kind of spirit in me, that kind of buzz and excitement that... I am so excited about sharing it uh, that it moves me uh, to tears when people hear it and rejoice about it. Uh, and that's what's so amazing. If you want to go back and look, when John shared this message of good news, we might read it and think, man, that doesn't sound, but you see what people did? They were asking him, John, what do we do? Like, we, there's repentance available? I want to repent. If that is you this morning, if you're hearing this message and you're thinking, man, that is good news, I, you know, I, I need to be forgiven for some of the sins I've committed. I need encouragement. I need prayers. I need to be uplifted. Uh, man, we want you to respond. 
to that. We want to help you. We want to pray for you. Uh, if you're hearing this good news for the first time today about Jesus and what he's done, and you're, you're recognizing that, man, when people hear good news, they act, and you want to know what you need to do to respond to it, we want to study with you. We want to help you form that relationship with Jesus, and I guarantee you there's going to be celebration that takes place here. There's going to be celebration that takes place in heaven. It's got, and that, you know, any kind of game or any kind of other news that you may have heard is going to hold nothing in comparison to that celebration that God and that heaven and that Jesus are taking place when you do that. And that's going to take place in this body of believers that's here today. So I want to encourage you, let your good news be about Jesus this week because the world's got enough bad news they're going to hear. They're going to hear it on the news, they're going to hear it on the radio. Let's give people the good news of Jesus uh, this week. And today, if there's a way that we can help you to respond to that good news, we want to do that. Uh, We want to encourage you. So if you have a need, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.